This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Blue podcast. My name is John Fleeton, and I'm a physician and clinical scientist in the Division of Respiratory Medicine at the University of British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada, where I'm a professor of medicine. Today I'm joined by Professor Stoltz, who's the senior author of today's article for discussion, Intensified Therapy with Inhaled Corticosteroids and LABA at the Onset of Upper Respiratory Tract Infections to Prevent COPD Exacerbations a multi-center randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial. Dr. Stoltz is an associate professor of respiratory medicine and the head of the respiratory group of the uh, Clinic uh, of Respiratory Medicine and Pulmonary Cell Research at the University Hospital Basel uh, in Basel, Switzerland. Uh, Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Stoltz. Thank you very much for the invitation, John. Now, to start off, can you explain the rationale for the PREVENT study? Sure. Um, Well, we all know that viral infection is a very important factor and is is responsible for 40 to 80 percent of all COPD exacerbations. And um, COPD exacerbations are really relevant for patients with COPD. Uh, They are associated to uh, major morbidity and mortality. And uh, we thought that we can prevent exacerbation by treating patients with uh, inhaled steroids and long-acting beta-2 agonists. But we also know that high uh, maintenance doses of ICS uh, is associated with uh, pneumonia. So it would be ideal to treat patients with a lower ICS dose that could still prevent uh, pneumonia uh, and prevent exacerbation. So um, we thought, we know that in asthma, a flexible regimen uh, of ICS and LABA on demand can really um, significantly reduce steroid exposure. And we thought whether this approach could also work out in patients with COPD. So that was what we thought and, um, and was the rationale for uh, designing the, pre- the uh, PREVENT study. What were the objectives of the study? So the objective, the primary objective of the study was to investigate whether the intensified combination therapy with ICS and LABA at the onset of upper respiratory tract infections could reduce exacerbations in patients with COPD that were already receiving a low maintenance dose of ICS and LABA. We also wanted to investigate whether this could reduce severe exacerbation, meaning uh, decrease the hospitalizations in these patients, to improve symptom scores, lung function, and whether it could decrease the exposure to uh, steroids and antibiotics. Thank you. Can you describe the study design and patient selection? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, we we went for a randomized, placebo-controlled, double-blind uh, double um, design. And uh, we looked for patients that we see in our routine COPD care. We looked for patients with um, at least 40 years of age, with a smoking history of at least 10 pack years. And... Uh, um, moderate to very severe COPD, meaning uh, post-bronchodilator FEV1 from at least 80% uh, with a clinically relevant disease as defined by a history of at least one exacerbation in the previous 12 months. 
What were the interventions and how were the patients instructed to start the intervention? Um, all patients um, were assigned to an open-label treatment with a low maintenance dose of ICS and LABA, which means budesonide, 200 micrograms, and formoterol, 6 micrograms twice daily, which was continued for the whole duration of the study. Uh, if they had any other kind of therapy, such as LAMA, this was left unchanged. In addition, we have randomized these patients to receive either um, a combination of ICS and LABA, um, budesonide 400 micrograms and formoterol 12 micrograms, or placebo. And these patients were instructed to start using the second device at home just in case they develop upper respiratory tract infection symptoms. So if they had a blocked rose, nose, a runny nose, uh, or, more, or symptoms of the upper respiratory tract infections for 12 hours at least, they would start using the second device and you would inhale, inhale twice a day for at least 10 days. They work, they continued on this um, low maintenance dose medication, ICS LABA. So we had one group receiving low dose through the whole time of the study and one group receiving an increased dose of ICS LABA in case of upper respiratory tract infection. What were the primary and secondary outcomes? The outcome of the study was the number of patients that had an exacerbation occurring within 21 days after the onset of the URTI. The second outcome measures were the number of patients that required hospital admission for any cause within 21 days after the URTI onset, the change in symptom scores and lung function parameters on day 10 after the onset of the URTI, and the exposure to steroids and antibiotics within 21 days of the URTI. How were any exacerbation and severe exacerbation defined? We defined exacerbation according to the current guidelines, where, uh, which suggests that you need um, a change in medical therapy using um, steroids or antibiotics accompanying a change or a uh, deterioration of symptoms in uh, patients with COPD to define exacerbation. We had um, exacerbations defined as mild, which required medical care and an increased dose of short-acting beta-2 agonists. Uh, they were classified as moderate if they required either antibiotics and on parenteral corticosteroids, and severe if they required hospitalization or resulted in death. Now, what were the primary findings of the study? We found out that uh, intensified therapy with ICS and LABA twice daily, um, given at the onset of the URTI for 10 days, did not significantly reduce the incidence of any exacerbation in the whole COPD population, but as compared to placebo, it significantly reduced the risk for severe exacerbation. And we found also that um, some patients had also a significant reduction uh, in the risk of exacerbation if they had severe airflow obstruction, meaning um, GOAT stage 3 and 4, if they were at high risk, meaning GOAT groups C and D, if they had a compromised outcome um, or survival, as assessed by the BODA index, uh, which was um, higher than the median, two points, and if they had a higher exhaled nitric oxide. Now, exacerbations were the sole outcome of this study, but what was the impact of this treatment approach on symptoms, 
quality of life and lung function? Uh, it's quite interesting to see that uh, overall there was really a significant deterioration in symptoms and lung function, even in the cases that did not fulfill completely the definition of um, the ATS ERS for exacerbation. So even in the patients that did not require oral um, antibiotics or steroids, if they had a new RTI, they had a significant deterioration of um, symptoms um, and lung function. And uh, we saw that this deterioration was more uh, intensified in the group that uh, received placebo. The differences were significant um, if we looked at the FEV1-FVC ratio. So patients that received the active treatment had less deterioration if we looked at the FEV1-FVC ratio than patients that received um, placebo. And also in patients with a more severe disease, uh, in this case, the finders go C and D, there was a significant difference if they received um, active therapy in regards of lung function. Now, patients with a higher ex uh, exhaled nitric oxide were one of the subgroups who you found to have a reduction in any exacerbation. Can you comment on the role of exhaled nitric oxide as a non-invasive marker for inhaled corticosteroid response in COPD? Um, I think this is quite an interesting observation because we all know that FUNO can be helpful in guiding ICS therapy in patients with asthma. And uh, there is some um, observations, suggestions, suggesting that this assessment could also be helpful in COPD. Uh, for sure, the levels of FUNO that we found in patients with COPD receiving ICS were much lower than the ones that we observe usually in asthma. But uh, indeed, we found out the ones that had a higher level of FUNO had a better response uh, to uh, the increase in ICS lab dose. So I believe that these uh, observations justify looking in the future in more detail whether we could use FUNO to um, define steroid responsiveness in patients with COPD. Does your study provide any additional information about the temporal relationship between upper respiratory tract infection symptoms and COPD exacerbations? Indeed. So we have seen that um, it took around seven days for patients developing an URTI to um, start describing uh, symptoms related to an exacerbation. So uh, we do think that it takes quite a week um, from the beginning of the URTI symptoms until the development of patients with of symptoms of an exacerbation in some patients. What I must say is that uh, we expected to see a much higher rate of exacerbation following an upper respiratory tract infection. And I think the reason why we haven't seen that is that most patients will develop symptoms of the upper respiratory tract infections together with the symptoms of the exacerbation. So if you ask them retrospectively, they will report they have a runny nose, but everything came together. This was one of the first studies that you really longitudinally assessed patients and first looked for symptoms in the upper respiratory tract and then looked whether they develop symptoms in the, uh, from the lung, meaning exacerbation symptoms. So um, it, it's quite interesting that for some patients it might come together and if they really have separate symptoms from the upper respiratory tract, it takes a while, um, up to seven days, uh, for them to develop an exacerbation. Now, could you summarize the major strengths and limitations of your findings? Uh, sure. As any uh, clinical study, we did have some limitations in this trial. 
Um, we, we included 450 patients that were followed for almost uh, three years, but it's still a relatively small amount of patients if we, if we compare this number with um, industry-sponsored studies. Um, I think a further fact that we have to uh, look at is that we defined exacerbations by the use of the official ERS ATS recommendations meaning that um, exacerbations that did not require a change in therapy were not classified as exacerbations. Uh, this suggests that if we would look at a change in symptoms and use a more perhaps sensitive definition for exacerbations, we might have identified many more exacerbations that we did not report here. So we could have been underestimating the efficacy of this treatment. We are sure the fact that the definition of an exacerbation of COPD is quite um, challenging. Uh, it's still not, we don't have a gold standard to define exacerbation. It's um, probably a limitation that applies to any kind of studies taking exacerbations as an end point. Uh, the strength of the study, I must say, that is the fact that it's an investigator-initiated and driven studies. Uh, it's multicentric. It has an original design. Uh, we really try to characterize the patient population extensively. Also, the events have been very well examined, including a multiplex PCR for over 20 viruses at uh, several time points, all the stable visits, exacerbations, and URTI. We performed a, body, a full body plethysmography, so we could assess residual volume and uh, also diffusion capacity in these uh, patients. And we really had very reasonable exclusion criteria to assure the clinical generalizability of our findings. So what is the take-home message of this study for family physicians and specialists treating patients with COPD? Um, perhaps I could summarize by saying that uh, one can that, that our results suggest that one can significantly reduce the risk of severe exacerbation in all patients and the risk of any exacerbations in patients with more severe disease by simply doubling um, a low dose ICS lab uh, therapy uh, in case the patients develop upper respiratory tract infection symptoms. Do you have any final points you'd like to emphasize about your study? Um, I believe this um, study shows that um, it makes sense to think about uh, interventions that might be doable in the everyday life, that are not that expensive, that are not, do not expose patients to a higher risk, and that might improve um, the clinical um, outcome of these patients, and um, that this approach that has been used in asthma could be also successful in patients with COPD. So many thanks for doing this podcast, Professor Stoltz. Uh, to the listener, to read the article discussed in this podcast, please visit the podcast homepage at www.atsjournals.org. To listen to more episodes of Out of the Blue, visit our page on iTunes or Google Play. You can subscribe to stay updated whenever new episodes are available. Thanks for listening and have a great day.